Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We're talking about being still, and our action step last week was remain. Remain. And that kind of leads us to our topic today of be still. Remain means to stay in place, to continue without fading, to uh, continue without getting lost or falling off. And so when you look at John 15, biblically what it means to remain is this. Remaining is when the truth, God's word, guides our thoughts and our actions because we've stayed, because we've kept, because we've remained. What do we remain to? We remain connected to Jesus by faith, believing the same word, that truth, that guides our life because it, God's word, the truth, has found a home in our heart, which causes you and me to live every day in love and produce fruit from that love which you carry in your heart. And so this is how, this definition right here, this is how you know who real believers are versus those who aren't, those who remain, those who stay through the struggle, those who have been stretched. Those are the people who produce the best fruit. Because there's a humongous difference between roaming and remaining. And when you look at those who roam around, roamers are lost. And they're disconnected. And they are inconsistent at best. And what roamers have to do is they have to work to produce everything that they want to see. okay, Or everything they want others to see or think or feel or know about them. When you remain, you're found. You're a son or you're a daughter. You're connected. You're consistent. And it's in your heart. It's in your heart. It comes from you effortlessly. You're not working to do anything. It flows from you, right? The reality is roaming creates work for you to do. Remaining is who you are. Remaining is just being. It's living in your sweet spot. And what we see from John 15, 4 through 5, it shows us the blueprint of how to live in our sweet spot, right? This is how to remain or how to be rather who, who to be. And so what you see in this verse is one, that you are connected to the source. Jesus is the source, the vine, the branch, right? That because you're connected to the source, you will bear much fruit. And because you uh, bear much fruit, this is, this, is, this is an example or proof that you are remaining in that connection. Because for when you're connected, when you remain, you show the world who God is, which is love. God is love. The spirit is love. We walk in love. Love covers everything. When you remain, you show the world who God is. And so, if that's true, Dusty, you would say, that's true, then why do I feel the way I feel? I mean, I've been a believer. I've been saved. I prayed the prayer. I've walked the walk. I've talked the talk. Why do I feel the way I feel? Why do I feel the way I feel? And the reason is because running on empty makes it hard to remain. Running on empty makes it hard to remain. And what we do with this is we blame We just immediately cast blame. Before we ever check our connection, we say, well, the world is this, and the media, and the news, and there's a freaking agenda over there, and there's an agenda over there, and I'm so sick of all this. And we have 73,000 flags flying around our country for everybody in their agenda and what they want to do and why they want to do it. Then you get into politics, and you think that you hate your governor, and, and whoever's making these decisions isn't very good. Right. And then we want to blame poor customer service and, and, and KFC only having dark meat and Wendy's only running on cash only tonight for some reason. And then we want to talk about being locked down. We have all these excuses. 
We have all these excuses and we like to play all, lay all this blame out there all before we check our connection with God. Have we checked our connection with God? Wait a second. When is the last time I connected with God? Because when you're connected with God, you have favor in your life. When's the last time that you sat, that you prayed? When's the last time you sat, just sat without a TV, without a phone? When's the last time that you disconnected from all the, all the crap that the world has to offer you? When's the last time that you prayed? When's the last time you listened? When's the last time you opened your Bible and read your Bible? Not to do it to say you did it, but to, to receive. When's the last time you worshiped? When's the last time you took out a journal and wrote something down that God reminded you of or God said to you? When's the last time you've been reminded of something that God did for you or something that you have because of God's grace, because of God's favor? When's the last time you put something good in your heart? When's the last time you put the truth in your heart? When's the last time you put the truth in your heart? Because when you're running on empty, it makes it hard to remain. And we can blame everything else, but the reality is, is the world doesn't affect us as much as we affect us. Before the world ever gets a hold of us, before the world ever affects us, we affect us. Why? How? Doubt. Constant doubt. Constant worry. Constant fear. People right now fearing for, how am I going to take care of my house? Who's going to replace all of this? What about the stuff that I lost that we've had in our family for years? Worry, doubt, fear. And there's a place for that. There's a time and a season for that. What about your attitude, your self-talk? When you're all alone, trying to stay busy because you don't want to think about what's happening, you want to stay busy on your phone. What about that? These, these attitudes or these mindsets, they all produce horrible decisions, right? And those decisions that we regret, we feel guilty about, we hide them, we run from them, we try to cover them up, we just want to ignore them, which what creates worse self-talk, more worry, more fear. And it's a terrible cycle. It's a terrible cycle. And so we have two choices today. We can continue to play the blame game and stay connected to all the BS that surrounds us, right? Or you can get connected to God, live by the truth, live by the Spirit, because I'm pretty sure that God's Spirit is not in anything that you're going to find on here except that Version Bible app. Amen? And so, when we lose touch with God, we're given an instruction by Peter. It's 1 Peter 5, 6-9. through 9. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. I've got some stuff highlighted for you. It says, Therefore, humble. If you're highlighting, you can hum- highlight humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride. I love the Amplified Version. What do you mean, humble myself? Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time, casting all of your cares. What do you mean all my cares? All of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, all your self-talk, all your doubt on him once and for all. For he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Be sober, verse eight. Be sober. What do you mean, Dusty? Well-balanced self-disciplined. Not too high, not too low. As we always go, just right in the middle. Be sober, well-balanced, self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. Why? Because that enemy of yours, the one that we like to ignore and pretend it's not there and it's never going to bother us, that enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. You can underline roaring. Fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. There's two things. 
roaring is pregame stuff. If you played sports, you know, in the, in the pregame, everybody's loud and obnoxious. Everybody's going to win. We all feel great. We want to intimidate each other by making the most noise. But whoever loses the game isn't making a sound when it's over. And we all know the devil loses at the end. And so then you can listen to the white noise and you can listen to the media and you can stay connected to all that or you can stay connected to your source. You have to make that decision today. Verse 9, but resist him. That's what we just talked about. Be firm in your faith. Be firm in your faith. Firm, connected. Against his attack, rooted, established, immovable. What's it saying? Remain, but remain in your faith. Knowing that the same experiences that you're suffering, everybody else is suffering too. We're all in this together. We're all going through some type of it, right? And so this is confirmed by David in Psalms 46.10, which is what we're talking about today. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still, rooted, established, immovable. Be still, firm in your faith. I love God's word translation says, let go of your concerns, then you will know that I am God. I want to focus on the first two words right now of Psalms 46.10, be still, be still. If you're running or if you're running on empty, it's hard to remain. Even more so if you are not remaining connected to God, right? And here's the thing, you won't know why to be still or even comprehend why you should do that. If you've not remained connected, if you're not remaining, period. And what happens is the farther we go and the faster we run, the more disconnected we get, the more hard-hearted we get, the more prideful we get, which is what we see. Therefore, humble yourself. So said that self-righteous pride. The more hard-hearted we get, the more prideful we get, the more we say, what? This is a waste of time. Why would I sit still? I'm not going to be still. I have stuff to do. Don't you know all the things I have to do? da 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 Quiet time. Are you kidding me? Quiet time. I don't have time for quiet time, right? But here's the reality. The reality is this. To reverence God means to be still, period. To be still means to reverence God, your creator. It means to honor. It means to connect, to remember. To be still means to listen. To be still means to receive. To be still allows you to be expectant of God. If you go so fast, how do you have any expectation? Who's playing God at your pace? Us, right? And for many of us, we need to be expectant of God again. And to do that, we're going to have to slow our train way down and be still for a moment. We need to do this every day. Habakkuk 2.20, this verse changed my life. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth hush and be silent before him. Let all the earth, me and you, are in that all the earth. And here's the sad news. For those of us who don't have time or only make time on Sunday, life is going to continue to give you lemons and you're getting weaker by the second and you're fighting a battle that you're not meant to fight. God said, cast all of your cares upon me. You can refer back to 1 Peter 5, 6-9 for the, what I just said. Remember, this is a struggle for almost everyone around the world. We have a hard time slowing down, let alone being still. Let alone being still. And many of us think, well, I'm still when I'm on my phone 
you know, that 48 hours a day when I'm in between this or that. And that's not the still that David's talking about in Psalms 46, okay? And I'm going to use your cell phone as an example. Have you ever needed to charge your phone? Your phone's running dead and, and you have the option to say low power mode. So you go to low power mode and you need the phone so you're still using it. But inevitably, you have to come to a place in a time where you charge it. I have to plug this thing in on the charger. Battery's dead. And so you worked it and you plug your phone in the charger. You leave it set. Now you're waiting for that moment that you get back. I've got to get back to it. And when you open it up, you see this. It says your phone is sufficiently charged. Oh, sweet. Sufficiently charged. Go. Right? What does that mean? Because when your phone is sufficiently charged, it's only charged to 80%. That means there's 20% still available. How can it be sufficient? How can it be sufficient if it's, if it's only 80% charged? There's 20% left. And so I thought, well, you can look up. It's sufficient. What is this sufficient all about? And what you see in this is sufficient means enough. It's good enough. Ah, it's sufficient enough for me. That's good enough for me, right? It's enough. It's adequate. Why do you unplug? It's enough for you right now. It's, it's enough for you right now. That's why you unplug and go. It's the same thing we do every day when we get up out of the bed. Gotta go, right? Adequate, competent. Being sufficient is what is necessary or desirable. And what sufficient suggests to us is a close meeting of a need. Sufficient means it's close to meeting the need, but the need has not been met. You need to see that. The need has not been met. And many of us feel sufficient with our relationship with God. Ah, That's good. It's enough, right? And this is why we struggle to remain connected to God. And it's why we're not willing to be still. We're going to get to the bottom line. Sufficient. It's good enough. It's good enough for now. We'll see, right? And the the problem is if you live in sufficiency, you're likely leaving 20% on the table every day. You're like saying, I'm good with 80. I'm good with 80 because I got to go. And over time, that 20% extra, that's a lot. That's a lot. And the reality is, is God would like 1% of your extra 20%. But you're too busy and so tired and sucking down caffeine like nobody's business to even know that you're only going at 80%, to even know. And the reality is you have, you have more available to you. You have more available to you. Tell me this, when's the last time that you pulled your phone off the charger and it said your battery is abundantly charged? Has your phone said no phone ever, right? It never said that. It never said that because it doesn't exist. Your battery can't be more than 100 it can only ever be 100, and most of the time we pull it off when it's sufficient. And what you see with the abundantly charged is large quantities, plenty of. It means to be rich in, copious, profuse. To have abundance means overflow. It means more than 100%. And it's not possible for your phones. And what many of us believe to be our lifeline that we give us, God says, that's only sufficient but I give you abundance. I give you more than 100%. You see it in John 10, 10. It says this, the thief, our enemy, the same guy that we talked about, that's the line in 1 Peter 5. Our thief, he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says this, is I've come that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. What's that mean? What's that mean? Until you have more than 100%, that's where he wants your life to be. What does this mean? 
This means that God wants you to have a life that puts sufficient to shame, that makes sufficient look silly, that makes sufficient look sorry. And the sad thing is a lot of people live sufficient at 80%, but they expect to receive abundance of more than 100%. But they have to have it now, so they take the 80 And disconnected from God, if you remember John 15, disconnected from God, this is never going to happen for you. So many of you would say, well, but, but I sold a stock. Okay. I invested here. I received an inheritance. My tax, my tax return came. And those things happen randomly and good for you. Good for you. I'm super happy for you. I'm not saying those things aren't blessings. And I'm not saying they can't be blessings from God. What I am saying is God wants you to experience that feeling of that day every day. Every day. That feeling of peace, that feeling of joy, that feeling of life, that feeling of comfort, the feeling of assurance. And it's more than financial. It's more than financial. Financial is always a great way to explain this, but here's the deal. He wants you to experience abundance in every area of your life, even your relationships, in your marriage, as a dad, as a mom. As a boss, CEO, coworker, he wants you to experience abundance in every area of your life. He wants your gas to last longer in your car. He wants your boat to go farther. He wants your boat to be bigger. He wants abundance for you. <clears throat> and the reality is, is the human race struggles with this. We struggle with this. How do we get to the last 20%? How do we get to the last 20%? It starts by being rooted and it starts by remaining in relationship with God. We've talked about the last two weeks. If you've not got those messages, you need to go to YouTube. Subscribe while you're there. We'd appreciate it. Okay. Get those messages. The reality is the human race struggles with the last 20. And as believers, we should be better. But we, we assume that sufficient is enough. And because we've made the connection... We assume that we have abundance. Well, I prayed the prayer. I did the thing. I'm running. Got to go. I'm busy. I did that. And we think that salvation is abundance. But that's not the promise. The promise that comes with salvation is not abundance. The promise that comes with salvation is eternal life. It's your afterlife. It's heaven. And what you need to see is living in abundance on earth and experiencing God's will for your life here, as it will be in heaven, comes down to the difference between slowing down and being still. It's the hardest lesson I've ever had to learn in my life. Living in abundance on earth and experiencing God's will for your life here as it will be in heaven comes down to the difference between slowing down and being still. I have men that I talk to right now that still struggle with this, that are hard-hearted and prideful and say, I time, it's quiet time, give me a break. And a lot of us think slowing down and being still are the same thing. And so we'll kick it down into third gear or fourth gear only for a minute to get back in the passing lane and go. And slowing down and being still are not the same thing. If you believe that, that's false. Okay? Slowing down is a lot like going through the drive-thru. Okay? We go through the drive-thru. I never really stop in the drive-thru, depending on what part of the country you live in. Okay? You wait a little longer, but you never stop. And the reality is if you are sitting still, you're on your phone, you listen to the radio, you're talking to somebody, there's something constantly going when I'm in the drive-thru, okay? And I'm waiting. I got to check that social media feed, get on my Snapchat, whatever I do, right? 
And the reality is, is, is really going through the drive-through costs us more anyways. Because on the road, we drop something on us. We make a mess. So we've got to clean our shirt. Now when I get there, i got to get a paper towel or napkin, a, a Clorox wipe, something i got to clean my car. Right? i got to wipe that down. And those who go through the drive-through and think that that is, is sitting still or being still are the same people in their spiritual life say, I pray on the way to work. Well, I pray on the way to work. <laughs> are you kidding me? What you're really doing when you pray on the way to work is you're giving God 20% and you're using the 80, the other 80 to stay on the road or to put makeup on or to text, or to, or to text, right? Using the other 80% to keep on the road. This is the person you've seen these people. This is the person in church who will worship while they're on their phone. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they're sitting in church. The message is happening. Get that phone out, pretend to take notes. And then there's a reaction here. And this is amen. Yes. And you get a hand clap. Yeah. Amen. Hey, it's good. That's good. Right. These are those people. This is slowing down and they think that slowing down is, is that, and it's not, it's not being still. It's not being still. I can tell you all this because I've done all of it except for beyond my phone while worship is happening. Okay. And it took me nearly eight months to be still. It took eight months of my life to actually be still, to be still. And the reality in my, in my story is I adjusted my pace. I adjusted my pace, but I never stopped. I never stopped because I had something to do. I had stuff to do. And what you need to see is solitude. Being still, which is what we would call solitude, is a spiritual discipline. This is a spiritual discipline, right? To get quiet, to be still, to hush. I love the amplify. To hush, to turn off. To turn off is a spiritual discipline. Why? Because you want to. Because you want to for your health. Because it benefits you. Because God searches your heart. He doesn't search your to-do list. He searches your heart. Habakkuk 2.20, the Lord is in His holy temple. The whole earth is silent before Him. We're, we're involved in the whole earth. Because why? Because how you handle yourself in solitude determines how you handle yourself in public. And you have to get to a place where you're okay with yourself in God's presence. And many people aren't willing to do that because of shame, guilt, pride, etc. And until you get there, you can't move forward. Can't. And the reality is, depending on the climate you live in and the part of the country you live in, when you're surrounded with grumpy people, it's hard for you to see. It's hard for you to see. And when you're surrounded by happy people, it's easy to ignore. Oh, that's good. That's good. Right? And so as we close, this is why Psalms 46.10 is so important. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is so important for us individually. It's a reminder to not only remain, but to be. Be. The first word of Psalms 46.10 is be. And over the next two weeks, we're going to break down the first eight words of this scripture. Be still and know that I am God. We're going to break these down. I've had a lot of time to sit with these eight words. And I believe each of them hold a deep meaning for us personally, for you personally. And so as we wrap up, I want to look at the first word, and then I'm going to pray and get you out of here. I've talked about this all morning. Be. To simply be. 
Note that it says be and not do. And we've talked that in length over the last 86 weeks or so, right? The world urges you to do things that keep you busy. As if busy is an attribute or an accomplishment or something that we want to wear a medal or, or hang our hat with, right? It's an achievement. It's not an achievement. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your time. Ever greeted a friend or a family member and say, hey, hey, how are you? What do they say? Busy. So busy. Exhausted, man. I got so much to do. I'm so busy. What do you say? Wow, man. I'm super busy too. Even if I'm not, I still say it. It's a badge, right? Remember the question. The question you ask is, how are you? Not how busy are you? There's a big difference there. It's a big difference there. And there's a much, much greater question, a much deeper question that we could ask, but we're ashamed or embarrassed to. And it's, how's your soul? Hey man, how's your soul? Well, I don't, I don't know you, man. Okay, right? Stop. How's your soul? This question makes us examine who we are. It's who we're being instead of what we're doing. How's your soul? How's your soul? Because we should always focus on being a son or a daughter before we get into an action, before we go into action. We're reminded of a number of passages in the Bible um, that it's not our deeds that make the difference in our life. It's who we are. So you know John, John 1.12 says that you're a, you're a son or you're a daughter. You have that privilege. You have the authority and the privilege to be a son or daughter because of what John 1.12 says. Those who believe, adhere to, trust, and rely on His name have the right to be sons or daughters. So we always focus on being a son or a daughter before we get into our actions. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through your faith. And this grace is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by your works. So there's no need to boast of what you've done because you haven't done anything. And the things you do do that you set these things up and you say, I'm busy and you wear the medal. It's for not. God's looking and searching your heart and he wants time with you. He wants you to be and he wants you to be with him. Titus 3, 5 says he saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy by the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation, regeneration, and renewing by the Holy Spirit. When you take time to be, your soul gets a chance to catch up to your pace. That's huge. When I take time to be, when I stop, when I be still, when I take time to be, my soul gets a chance to catch up to my pace. And you can only run so long before God says, I didn't create you to go that fast. You need to slow down before you hurt yourself. Slow down. Slow down. And when your soul gets a chance to catch up to your pace, you get a chance to be refreshed. And that's what it's like to live in abundance. Abundance comes with refreshing. The actions that we're responsible for are to be thankful in response to the gift of our salvation. What's this mean? To stop, to think on and pray about, right? Being the child of God that we are. And to not let the excuse of busy block us from taking time to be. Because you've heard this, if the devil can keep you busy, you're not a threat to him. And you're also not a help to the kingdom of God. That's just real talk. Okay. And the reality is you can be as busy as you want to be, but busy doesn't mean productive. A lot of people are busy with the wrong things and bearing no fruit. So being busy is not a prize. Being productive sometimes isn't a prize either, especially when it's connected to the wrong thing. 
And so I know a lot of people who are busy and bearing no fruit. A lot of believers are busy with the wrong things, operating at 80% capacity, and they're exhausted. So simple this week. Your action step is this. Before your feet hit the floor every day this week, before you ever start one of your days, it's very simple. Every morning, before your feet hit the ground, take one minute. Take one minute to say thank you. Say thanks. What are you saying thanks for? Yourself. Father God, thank you for waking me up today. Thank you for breath in my lungs. Thank you for eyes to see and ears to hear today. Lord, thank you for how you see me. Thank you for how you love me. Help me to see myself today how you see me. Screw the world and what they say. Thank you for how you see me because the Bible says in Romans 57 that I'm accepted by you and so I don't need anybody else's acceptance but yours. And so thank you for how you see me. Help me to see myself like that. Thank you for how you love me today, God. Help me to love myself how you love me because that was odd for me for a long time, but you can pray that. Thank you for my wife. She's amazing. Thank you for my kids by name. Thank you for covering them today. Thank you for the gift of my family. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Then you thank God for what you have, where you're going, what you're doing, your calendar, the things that you need. I woke up so many times and prayed for work first that you could tell it was the object of my life. And those days have since long passed. I'm super proud. I'm super proud to say the first thing I pray about, pray for it in the morning, is me. Because if I'm not healthy, this house isn't healthy. And so wake up and say thank you. The next thing that you're going to do is to pray the Lord's Prayer. It's Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Pray the Lord's Prayer. It's super simple. Pray God's will will be done in your life. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for His will to be done. So you'll be covered. And then get out of bed. Then you're going to pause. Yes. You're going to get out of bed. And you're going to go. And you're going to see what happens. If you'll take time every day this week to be... I think you're going to be blown away. Otherwise, you'll just be getting by. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.